Hey friends, welcome to Witch Church. <laughs> it feels so weird to say that, um, but welcome back to Witch Church. It's Mal, and I guess welcome to the rebrand, renaming, rebirth of this podcast. I'm so excited to kind of show you guys the the new name and the new logo and the new rebranding thing and all of this stuff. I feel really excited and really aligned to finally launch all of this stuff with you guys. And and yeah, so welcome to Witch Church. Let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you a little story. Okay. So Horoscope Witch, um, you know, oh gosh, I, I just, I love the name. I loved what I created with, you know, Horoscope Witch podcast for the past two years. And I remember though, I think sometime in the summer of 2020, I remember saying on a podcast, I said something along the lines of like, oh, this podcast won't be called Horoscope Witch forever and it it might change in a long time though. Like it's not going to change anytime soon, but it'll happen, you know, you know, years from now or whatever. And I remember saying that and I, y'all, I swear the minute I said that, (laughs) it like cast a spell. (laughs) It was like, you know, the the saying, like, your words are spells, like, it literally did cast a spell <laughs> around me, and I started to really contemplate. Um, it, it was like the moment I said that on whatever podcast I said it on sometime last year, I, like, I started thinking a lot more deeply about my name and how I'm kind of presenting myself and I've just started thinking along along the lines of like who am I as a business owner and what's my brand and I know that's kind of cringy it still feels a little bit cringy to me but there've just been like a lot of businessy type things that I've been thinking of for myself and I think this comes from me taking myself a lot more seriously as a business owner and a practitioner than I used to and um, if you remember, last year, Mars was in Aries for like six months. Um, and Mars also went retrograde in Aries at some point. And that transit was actually happening in my 10th house of career and public reputation. And this was also around the time when I started thinking, I was like, huh, I think, I think I'm outgrowing Horoscope Witch. And I wasn't sure at first, and I was a little bit resist- resistant to it. And I was I was really resistant to it. I shouldn't say a little bit. I think I was a lot resistant to it. And looking back, I remember getting a lot of people's opinions on what I should do. <laughs> like I, I actually even asked like my tarot students at that time. I was like, do you guys, do you guys like the name I have? Like, what do you guys think? <laughs> um, you know, they gave me feedback and, um, you know, I was, I was talking, um, to a lot of different friends and like different colleagues about this kind of thing. And I was like, I think I was actually looking for, someone to say keep it don't change I like it but then when I did get that feedback from some people and also a lot of my tarot students were like oh no I like it um 
I, you know, it's funny because I got the answer that I wanted, but it didn't feel right either. You ever, you ever do that to yourself? Like you want someone to like validate you in this certain way, but it's because like you can't quite validate yourself with it and it kind of feels wrong. So like you want someone to validate you. So it's like, you're like, okay, no, 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 I'm good. But then, but then really, you know, like deep down, you're like, no, something, something's out of alignment. And for me too, I think something does feel out of alignment when I start to ask a ton of people's opinions about something, (laughs) just in general. And I can't tell you the amount of people that I talk to about this, like switching the name and what should I switch it to and what should I call it and all of this, this huge journey. And I have to say, I think it was sometime in November, Mars retrograde had destroyed me. Um, and I was just like, I fucking give up. Like, <laughs> like I fully surrendered because it was almost like the whole summer and even into early fall, I was really just obsessing about this. I was like, should I change the podcast name? And I realize how self-serving and egotistical this sounds because there's a, a massive problems in the world that have nothing to do with my podcast and, and its name. And But I, I was this was really on the forefront of my mind um, in a lot of ways. And yeah, and, you know, finally we get to like fall and I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to surrender. I have no idea what to call it. Uh, I, I know Horoscope Witch I've outgrown it. I'm admitting it. (laughs) I'm not asking anybody's opinion anymore at this point. Uh, I I know I've outgrown it. It doesn't feel like me anymore. It it feels kind of like I'm hiding behind it in a way. So I was like, but fuck it. I don't, I just don't know what I'm going to call it. Okay. So then there was like this magical moment (laughs) in uh, reading share, uh, which is a workshop that I do with, um, inner sense healing arts uh shameless plug we have another reading share coming up on march 5th so i'll put the information in the show notes if you want to come practice your tarot reading abilities with other people um in a safe place it's a zoom event so you can join from anywhere it's actually super fun um you know who you are if you were in this workshop And I'm not going to say your name, but you you just know who you are. Um, you were like, you were saying something about, um, about like your boyfriend and your boyfriend called me Witch Church Mal. <laughs> like your boyfriend, you're like, your, your boyfriend knows me as Witch Church Mal. And I thought that was so funny. And so at some point in the reading share, someone was like, you should just call it horse. You should just call it Witch Church. And... I, um, it just like shook me. I was like, oh my God, the name for my podcast has been in front of me this whole time. Like, can you imagine this like six month, like ego battle where you're like going inwards and you're like, oh God, like, what do I call it? And then it's just there this whole time. And what someone suggested that I call it witch church, it was just like immediate alignment. And I was thinking to doing Witch Church on IGTV or what is it called? IG Live. And some of you probably, some of you watch it. Maybe some of you know that I do this. It's just a live that I do every 
Sunday morning on Instagram, I call it witch church. So it's like, you're coming to church. Um, it's really, truly one of the fa- my favorite things that I've ever created. And I love doing it and it really excites me. And I just really loved it then the idea of carrying the sort of name of witch church, the IG live series that I've created, kind of carrying it over to my podcast and kind of laying the foundation for I think what this podcast has been all along. I think all along it kind of has been a church for witches. I think it's been this place where people can come and learn new things and listen to sermons and perhaps heal is their own religious trauma in some way and something I was saying to Libby who's the person who drew my new logo and also the old logo too her information is in the show notes so if you ever want to check out her work she does great like cartoonist uh, logo stuff um, what I was telling Libby when we finally had the name for the podcast Witch Church I was telling her you know Horoscope Witch I love it and it you know I always kind of um I'll hold it close to my heart and I know you guys liked it too but it felt like a caricature of me right and that's kind of what the logo was it was like me and it was like a little cartoon of me and it it was it was like a character of who I am and Witch church is so not that. Um, Witch church is not a character. It's just more of a place. And it's a place where we can all gather to kind of chat. And even though I'm technically (laughs) the only one, (laughs) the only one talking, um, I feel, I always feel the energy of everyone here when I'm recording the podcast. And And I just kind of loved, I fell in love with the idea of creating this location, like this magical location called Witch Church, where we come together and, um, and going forth with the guests that I'm going to bring on the show, um, I think it's going to be exciting to kind of have them now kind of do their own sermon in a way. Like I'm still going to be interviewing people. But I think um, I'm still going to be interviewing astrologers and different practitioners and really anybody else who strikes my interest. But I just I love the idea of like us coming to church almost this like weirdo, um, (laughs) this weirdo witchy, um, uh, like astrological tarot reading church and yeah, like listening to, to my monthly sermons, but also I'm going to invite on other people to give their sermons and share their wisdom and and just this idea of kind of building this like non-denominational like church type of thing. It just kind of lights me up. I know I have a lot of ninth house placements, so it makes sense. But anyways, that's kind of the long babbly story behind the name change and yeah going forth this will be the witch church podcast and then on instagram every sunday we'll kind of have the witch church live kind of weekly updates so i'm really excited again i hope you all like it um i don't see like the the content of the podcast changing all that drastically like 
like I'm still going to do the monthly sermons. I, I just really needed a change and I needed a rebirth. And one thing I will say though about Horoscope Witch is um, it's funny. I was telling my friend, my Taurus friend, about the change and she was like <laughs> she was like but you'll always be horoscope witch to me <laughs> and I was like yeah sure sure like I can, I can always be horoscope witch it's fine um so I it's not like I'm um I'm annihilating that name or anything like that I I still really love everything I said if I remember because it's been a while since I listened to my very first episode and I probably will never because I just the first 10 episodes or so just kind of make me cringe and it's you know I don't know but um but I do remember kind of like the meaning behind horoscope which was you know to to redefine certain words and kind of reclaim not only witch and horoscope which are you know historically I think things like astrology and witchcraft, you know, they're becoming more popular now, but of course, historically, they've been stigmatized and, um, and there's just certain, I don't know, certain stereotypes attached to both of those things that aren't necessarily true, but also the word whore, um, in sort of having that in the name too, there was something there about, um, like challenging the status quo and showing up as something that is not edgy but almost challenging or showing up as um in like kind of an identity that you know pushes people to think about what has and has not been normalized and pushing people to kind of contemplate their conditioning, I think especially around not only sexuality, but also things like our our practices, like tarot and astrology and all of that good stuff. So, you know, thinking back, like, I really did love the meaning of horoscope witch and of course, we'll we'll always I'll always be horoscope witch. I think to the to the OG listeners, but I, I guess I'm excited to just be me, Mallory, um, and and going into the new podcast, like you know, it's Witch Church with Mallory Hasty, and it, it just feels like me. So, thank you for letting me blab about that. I'm gonna re-listen and see if I can edit any of that out because I know that was a little bit long. But let me know. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know how you like the new logo. Um, feel free to share the new podcast with your friends or anybody who would like to listen or who would benefit from listening. And if you are a listener uh, or, if, or if you're a new listener and you're just finding me with this new podcast name, uh, feel free to dis- uh, subscribe. And if you have been listening and you enjoy my content, feel free to hit me up with five stars below and a little rating. That really helps me out. And that's about it. Let's let's get into the sermon, my friends. So the words that were coming to me intuitively for the sermon for the month of March are tolerance and stamina and I'll tell you what the word stamina specifically was came into my life in like weird ways 
all within 24 hours the other day. And I kept hearing people say that word. Um, I heard, I was talking on the phone with my friend who is a teacher. She was talking about her energy levels in the classroom. And she said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, I still need to build my stamina for teaching. And I was like, huh, that's, that's a really interesting thing to say. And it just kind of stuck with me for some reason. And fast forward to later that day, I was talking to my therapist. And I know, by the way, I've, be, I've just, I've become the person who's constantly <laughs> insert inserting something that their therapist said I'm so sorry I I, fu- I fully take responsibility for becoming this person um I, I fully admit I fully admit to being this person um so my therapist was also talking we were talking about some energy levels again and um in a different way and my therapist said something like yeah like it took me a while to build stamina for seeing back-to-back people and she was saying something like you know at first like she would have to take a break you know after after certain clients or people and and after a while she just like kind of built her stamina where she didn't feel like she'd do that anymore and I was like huh that's that's weird that like I heard the word stamina like two or three times through two different people today and I, and I started to like contemplate and meditate on that word and I as you know I love my words so I was I was kind of looking up different words too that kind of go along with stamina and the other word that was coming up was tolerance now keep these two words in mind because we'll come back to these things but let's talk about the astrological forecast of this month which is quite Piscean. Happy birthday to all of my Pisces friends out there. And yes, it's Pisces season. Yes, the sun is in Pisces. We'll have a Pisces new moon on March 13th. But also, what's interesting is Venus is also in Pisces. And Venus entered Pisces actually on February 25th. And we'll remain in Pisces until March 21st. And I think this is a really beautiful transit. Because here's the thing. Pisces is one of Venus's favorite signs. Venus is actually exalted in Pisces. Which is just kind of a fancy way of saying. Pisces is one of Venus's favorite signs. And, you know, all the signs have their own their favorites, you know, I mean the planets, the planets have their favorite signs and, um, and their least favorite signs. And one of the reasons, if we think about what Venus is really trying to do, Venus, the job of Venus in the sky is to love and create beauty and harmonize, bring things together. And we can see why then Venus loves to be in Pisces so much it's because she can she or they Venus can work really well in Pisces and get everything they need to get done in there right if Venus is trying to create harmony and love and beauty 
Pisces is on board with that uh, because Pisces is this sign of of sort of like that deep soul love. It's not it's not necessarily about like carnal love or or eros or you know like 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 our animalistic desires that's not that's not necessarily pisces pisces is like the love of the soul it's it's the love that kind of transcends our physical body and it's about uh like yeah loving a person more on a spiritual or a soul level um, so I don't know if you if you look at like traditional marriage vows, you know that part where I think I can't I can't completely remember how to say it, but it's like um, like in sickness or in health, like you're you're agreeing to be with this person in sickness or in health, and in a way I have it's kind of like a very Piscean thing because in a way you're agreeing to be with this person and love this person whether or not their physical body is like up like working you know or whether their physical body is healthy or not and in that phrase in sickness or in health we're kind of um, almost acknowledging that there's there's a deeper level to what love is than just being like romantically or even sexually attracted to someone you know that's like one kind of love and desire but then Pisces is a little bit more of that like agape that that soul level love and I also think about how what how many how many um words for love did the Greeks have like seven or eight words for love and you know that's that's very Piscean too like knowing the differences between each type of love and and being able to integrate them all together somehow so this is really why Venus loves to be in Pisces so during this transit for the big, for the most most of March, especially the first three weeks of March, Venus will be in Pisces. This is going to kind of carry, I think, some kind of blessing or some kind of, you know, flow of abundance into a certain area of your life, depending on where Pisces falls in your chart, right? Now, I'm going to like super, super fast just go through all of the rising signs and kind of tell you which which area Venus and Pisces will be transiting your life over the next three weeks or so. Um, But again, it's going to be really, really brief. I'm not going to go too much into this um, in this certain episode, but just so you have a little bit of an idea. Um, Pisces rising people, Venus and Pisces is going through the first house of yourself, how you actualize your goals, and also the physical body. These are the first house themes. Aries rising. Pisces is in your 12th house of the subconscious. Also spiritual development, meditation, retreat. Psychological fears that kind of need to be faced. That's also a 12th house thing. Taurus rising. Pisces is in your 11th house of friends, networks, connections, and groups. 
Gemini rising, Pisces is in your 10th house of career and public reputation. 10th house can sometimes have to do with the parents as well. Cancer rising, Pisces is in your 9th house of education, especially higher education or spiritual or esoteric education. Long distance travel, foreign culture, belief system. Leo rising, Pisces is in your your 8th house of shared resources, Um, other people's money, taxes, loans, insurance. The 8th house also has to do with death and transformation. Virgo rising, Pisces is in your 7th house of close relationships and partnerships. Libra rising, Pisces is in your 6th house, which is sort of like our our day-to-day schedule, the daily grind, how we spend our time. But also the 6th house has to do with illness and health. Scorpio rising, Pisces is in your 5th house of joy, pleasure, creativity and children Sagittarius rising Pisces is in your fourth house so that's the home real estate ancestral lineage and the parents Capricorn rising Pisces is in the third house for you so third house is siblings your immediate environment like your neighborhood short distances communication short traveling things vehicles technology the mind and aquarius rising pisces is in your second house of personal finances livelihood and what you value okay so the reason i wanted to list this and the reason i wanted to point these areas of your life out is because in the next three weeks, I really want you to pay attention to what comes up specifically in these areas of your life according to your rising sign, okay? And here's the thing. Yes, Venus in Pisces, this specific um, this specific transit is one of the most positive things that's going to happen in 2021. I mean, Venus and Pisces isn't really going to meet many challenges in the sky. At some point, Venus and Pisces will square the nodes. But besides that, I mean, not if I'm doing my math correctly, no other planet is really going to like square or oppose. I mean, the moon will, but like the Venus and Pisces is not meeting any any squares or conjunctions or oppositions from anything like Saturn or or Pluto or Mars or anything like that. So it feels like Venus and Pisces is really just like you know floating and and kind of uh, going through this sign and going through these areas of our life. And here's the thing: I almost feel like. Venus in Pisces right now is priming us, priming this area of our life for, I think, an even more significant transit that is coming this summer, specifically mid-May, even more specifically on May 14th of 2021, Jupiter will enter Pisces. Okay. And you know, here's the thing, the astrology, if you haven't noticed, for the past 
year or so or over a year, astrologers have not had the easiest time with delivering forecasts, right? Um, Because quite frankly, just the astrology has just been communicating some really, really difficult and horrendous things at times, right? Hence, COVID. And if we think back to the astrology of 2020, we had Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all piled up in Capricorn. And even if you don't understand the technicalities of, of astrology, you, you understand what it feels like to have Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all in Capricorn <laughs> because, you know, you experienced last year, 2020, and it wasn't fun, you know. Um, so really, astrologers have been looking, I think, for, for a transit to get excited about, right? Excuse me, I just had to take a drink of water. Um, ex- astrologers have been looking for a transit to get excited about for a while now. And I feel like we're all like, we're all like triple highlighting, you know, mid-May when Jupiter enters Pisces, because this is a actually a legitimately good transit and we really haven't had something positive <laughs> happen in a while. Now, I will say though, you know, these terms I'm using like positive and good, they're they're a little bit of an oversimplification because when it comes down to it, I think they're really no, when it comes down to it, I think good and bad are subjective, right? So we all experience different things at different times in different ways. But overall, we could say that Jupiter being a benefic planet in Pisces later this May, which is one of its favorite signs, right? We could say, you know, for the most part, this transit is going to be positive and bring good things. Now, since Venus, now we're coming back to Venus in March 2021, um, you see how both Venus and Jupiter will be transiting the same area of your life twice this year. Okay. And it's happening pretty close to each other, right? Because Venus will go through this area of your life in March. And then come May, specifically on May 14th, Jupiter is going to start transiting this area of your life for a short period of time. And again, in 2022, uh, Jupiter will kind of peek back into Pisces and this, this area of your life will be transited yet again. So, in a way, Venus and Jupiter are known as the benefic planets. They're the planets that bring good things. They're the planets of abundance and expansion, love, beauty, um, you know, good luck, right? Good things, abundance flowing to us in easier ways. So, you know, I really do think Venus and Pisces right now is almost priming us for an even bigger transit with Jupiter going into Pisces later this spring. Okay. And the reason I kind of think this, well, I mean, it's in the sky. I mean, they're both, they're both going through Pisces, right? But I'm also thinking about how the ancient astrologers refer to Jupiter as the greater benefic. 
So, meaning, like, it's the best of the best planets, you know? Um, and I think Jupiter being the greater benefic, I don't think it's to say that Jupiter is a quote-unquote better planet than Venus, um, but I do think there's something about the size of Jupiter, right? Like, literally, if we think of the physical if we literally go more astronomy and we literally look at the physical size of Jupiter. Have you seen that thing lately? It's like massive. It's like the size of all of our planets put together. You know, like it, it's even bigger than that. It's the biggest planet, right? And, um, you know, I think this is why Jupiter has a reputation for bringing big amounts of expansion and growth. Venus, on the other hand, it's obviously still a loving and abundant planet that brings good things, but we're on a little bit more of a smaller scale or a little bit more of a subtle scale and maybe even a little bit more of like an individual personal scale. Whereas when we're talking about the abundance that Jupiter brings, I think we're talking about more how our individual gifts and talents are able to influence other people. Like, there's something influential about Jupiter. There's something about Jupiter that it has more to do with... It has more to do with everything than just you, right? It's more about your collective role and how your individual talent has a collective role, right? Where I think there's something a little bit more individual about Venus, like... It's my love life or it's or it's my self-love or it's it's what I desire and and what I want to the beautiful things that I want to surround myself with. It's it's my possessions, you know, whereas Jupiter is a little bit more like, no, like how, how are we how are we evolving? <laughs> you know, how are we how are we expanding as a society? Right. So again, it's so it's so significant that both of these planets are going to be in Pisces in 2021. And again, really pay attention in March. What comes up in this area of your life? That is, what house is Pisces in, in your chart? And what is coming up in that area of life? And how is Venus in Pisces? opening a door or opening a new portal or passageway for even more abundance to come later come may june july when jupiter is in pisces okay and coming back now you know i always make a point <laughs> you know I, I always work myself back to where i was starting so don't worry I did not forget about what I said earlier um, about the words tolerance and stamina. And honestly, when I think about the word tolerance, um, you know, I looked I looked up the definition, and of course I did because this is this is the new tradition. But the word tolerance it actually means to allow the existence occurrence or practice of something that one does not necessarily like or agree with without interference. So to tolerate means to allow, like, you know, I'm tolerating my annoying little brother, or I'm tolerating 
the mess that you made in the kitchen or I'm tolerating this cold weather. Usually tolerate is is meant to be a word that describes something that you don't necessarily like, right? That you just kind of have no choice but to live with. Um, but however, I was thinking, what if this Venus in Pisces transit and in a couple months when we have Jupiter in Pisces, what if both these benefic Pisces transits have to do with tolerating not bad things, but good things? What if we have to learn to tolerate abundance? What if we have to learn how exactly to receive what we're actually asking for? Okay. That's really what I see this guy speaking to when we're looking at this Venus in Pisces and then Jupiter in Pisces transit. Okay, so, you know, an example here, what I'm thinking of, you know, Venus in Pisces kind of being the primer, kind of being like the first taste of, can you tolerate this new abundance or can you tolerate this new leveling up? Of, of love and beauty um can't what's gonna happen if the universe sprinkles in some new abundance or a new opportunity or or just a new energy can you accept it can you s- receive it with you know open arms and say thank you universe or are you gonna turn it down or are you gonna are you gonna like go back to the old ways of whatever x y and z i think we get so used to turning down abundance from the universe and i also think it's kind of in our nature to block certain things and you know here's the thing you may be saying well mal why would i block abundance you know well mal why would i why would i block good things coming to me or why would I why would I block love? Okay. I think this is on a deeper level. I think a lot of us are really deeply afraid of receiving, right? And I think our world has been set up to kind of um kind of has set I think has set us up to to not be so good at receiving. I think a lot of us like consider ourselves the giver especially if you're an empath or a highly sensitive person. I think a lot of us play that role of giving our energy and serving our, you know, role or whatever it may be. And even if you're not an empath or a healer or a highly sensitive person or whatever, still, I, th- I just think so many people just resonate and identify with being the giver or the person who is serving um, that when we actually... S- ask for something like hey universe like I'm ready for an aligned relationship or hey universe I'm ready for um, a new path to open up or whatever it may be I think sometimes we really have no idea how to actually receive that yeah (laughs) truly truly we I, I really don't think many people actually know what it means to receive And I think we can start learning to receive by tolerating and almost building our stamina for 
bigger and better and just more in alignment things coming our way. Um, I think just like a general example of this is, I mean, this is like a cliche example, but it just feels like the easiest thing to, to talk about. Um, you know how when someone gives you a compliment, <laughs> like, oh, you know, you love your outfit or, you know, you look so pretty today or whatever. Let's go with, I love your outfit. What's, what do you say back? Thanks. It was $10 from Target. You know, like there's always like this deflection or there's always this distraction or, oh, this, oh, I've had this forever. I got it at a thrift, thrift shop. I dug it out of a, out of a um, box and it, blah, blah, blah. Or like, you know, there's, there's always this distraction, this almost immediate distraction away from the compliment. And I do this too, right? That's just like a general example, I think, of how bad we are at receiving, you know, because that's a very, very um, straightforward example of someone sending you abundant, loving energy. Hey, you look really beautiful today. Hey, I love your outfit. Hey, X, Y, and Z, just giving you any kind of compliment. And, you know, to receive that, you would have to say thank you. You know, you'd have to look them in the eye and be like, thank you. Thank you so much. And you would almost have to be in agreement. You would have to be in energetic agreement with what they are saying, you know, to actually receive that compliment. But most of us then, when we hear, hey, I like your outfit, we immediately enter into almost energetic rejection of that abundance. You know, even though it's not the type of abundance like finding $100 on the ground, I think we could still say, that a compliment is abundance coming to us in some way, right? So, you know, I want you to notice this month with Venus and Pisces. Notice how, you know, certain little abundant things may flow. Maybe it's a compliment. Maybe it's money that you didn't expect. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know. A text from your dream crush. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's not something material at all. Maybe it's an inkling of, you know, self-love and, and feeling worthy that you haven't felt in a really long time. Maybe it's a spark of hope for the future that you haven't felt in a long time. Maybe it's a feeling of being safe in a certain relationship. Um, you know, whatever it is, really, really practice receiving, energetically receiving that abundance and learning to tolerate it on a small scale. I know it sounds crazy, but let's say, let's just do a really like love and light manifestation (laughs) example. Let's say you're trying to manifest a hundred bucks. Okay. Okay, let's say you're trying to manifest 100 bucks. You know, to manifest that 100 bucks, part of manifesting that is actually saying thank you when someone gives you a compliment, right? Part of manifesting that 100 bucks is, um, you know, finding gratitude in the present moment and, um, you know, saying thank you when different abundance stuff flows to you that you weren't expecting maybe someone holds the door open for you 
Um, maybe, you know, I don't know, you park illegally and you get a warning instead of a ticket. You know, like, like I'm just, I'm just trying to think of all these examples of when abundance flows to us and we don't even recognize it or we don't even take a moment to actually receive it. Pay attention to the little things this month because that's actually what matters. If you can receive the little things during this Venus in Pisces transit, I think what you're doing is then priming yourself and building a tolerance for even greater abundance that I think that's coming with Jupiter in Pisces, which will be in the exact area, exact same area of your life, right? May manifest slightly differently, right? Because they're different planets. And they, they also aren't existing, um, you know, in solitude. Like there'll be, there'll be other transits going on during these times. But when it comes to tolerating abundance, I think we really need to practice receiving and practicing just saying thank you. At the same time, I feel called to like really, really make it clear that tolerating abundance or this practice of building stamina to receive yeah, it, it could be about material things, but I think on a deeper level too, some of us this month are practicing tolerating our new level of healing in a way. Um, and this is something that I don't think is talked about enough, but when you decide to heal if you will, like when you decide, you know, I'm, I'm healing whatever it may be, like I'm healing my body image or, um, you know, I'm, I'm embarking on the journey of self-love or I'm healing the wounds that I carry from my childhood or I'm working on my codependent patterns, right? Anything like that, I think is technically like, you're energetically deciding, you're energetically saying yes to that healing, you know, whatever whatever it may be that you're maybe working on or opening yourself up to. And here's the thing, when we energetically say, yes, I'm healing my, I'm going to start to heal my codependent patterns or yes, I am beginning to heal the people pleaser within me, right? For me personally, it's, um, you know, this big journey of healing um, my uh, PPPS, which is my made up, which is my made up disease, which stands for people pleasing perfectionist syndrome. So for me, you know, healing PPPS, which I think a lot of you are also healing in in way in certain ways too. Um, I actually have to tolerate a lot of really difficult, uncomfortable shit um, in kind of deciding to heal PPPS because when I'm not healing that and I'm just letting my ego and my subconscious run free and I and I'm and I'm you know being a people pleaser and. Um, I'm letting my perfectionism run the show. I mean, 
I'm I'm a maniac like (laughs) like seriously like I'm like an ego driven maniac and I'm just I'm what that feels like when I live a day completely in full throttle with my people-pleasing perfectionist syndrome it, it literally feels like every moment is suffering and every moment is difficult and every moment is manipulation right but it's also easy you know it, it's like um, I think suffering becomes easy in some way so you know like if you're if you're healing codependency or people-pleasing or body image, self-worth wounds, whatever it is, you know, even though that stuff doesn't make us feel good, it's easy to just be on autopilot with those things, right? So the moment you decide, I'm not going to be a people pleaser, or I'm, I'm healing whatever, you now have to tolerate a great amount of <laughs> of discomfort, right? Um, so me then, you know, on the journey of healing people-pleasing, let's say someone, you know, doesn't, uh, let's say someone says, hey, do you want to do this with me? Or do you want to collab on this with me? And I, for some reason, feel an energetic no, I'm going to have to tolerate the discomfort of saying no whereas my old autopilot programming would have said yes just to say yes out of for for people pleasing sake right okay you get me so you know this tolerating abundance that's happening with this venus and pisces transit and later with with jupiter and pisces um it's almost like we we kind of are doing some harder work in a way right now with Venus and Pisces, kind of tolerating the discomfort of receiving or tolerating the discomfort of healing. But it's like this discomfort and maybe at times pain and um you know, psychological distress, because sometimes psychological distress does come up when we are, um, you know, healing a pattern that we've had for, you know, decades, you know, it's pretty natural for the the ego to send us into psychological distress. Um, You know, it's tolerating that now, and getting almost better at tolerating discomfort as well. And it's such a weird thing to think that sometimes tolerating discomfort is, in the long run, actually inviting in more abundance, right? Because if we tolerate some discomfort with our healing right now, um, come Jupiter and Pisces, things are going to flow much easier. And it's almost like, again, we're doing the priming work for this summer, Going back to my silly example of like, hey, I like your outfit. You know, tolerating discomfort would be like, thank you. Like just like really like <laughs> like coughing down like any any impulse to be like, oh, thanks. I got it at Target for $10 and I suck or like whatever. It's like stuffing that down and tolerating the discomfort of looking your complimenter in the eye and saying thank you 
you, you know, uh, like, and of course, I think most of us will be doing this on a deeper, more serious level in our lives. It probably won't be as simple as this example that I'm giving, but you guys get me, right? Um, there, There's something about being in sort of the transitionary phase of, um, of what it was like to be on autopilot and now choosing to fight against that. <laughs> you know, it, it takes a great amount of psychological strength. But here's the good news. Venus is on our side this month. Venus and Pisces is very much on our side. And, and yeah, I, I'm excited for us. I, I always say this, but I'm, I'm excited for us. I'm excited to see how this transit affects us in positive ways. And I think it's just remembering that sometimes positive change, maybe even not sometimes, maybe all the time, positive change, healing, bringing yourself into a higher frequency, even though that kind of sounds cringy, um, but bringing yourself into a higher frequency of receptivity and abundance, there will, you know, you can pretty much expect some some ego discomfort <laughs> this month in a lot of ways too. Um, so my friends, the other, the one last message that I have for this month is actually about the card Four of Pentacles. And uh, it's interesting because um, sometimes I actually shuffle my cards and I pull a card uh, for the month and other times when I'm meditating on the monthly sermon message I will just like spirit will send me in, in my mind's eye they'll kind of send me a card to talk about and I swear almost like immediately when I began to meditate um, like I wasn't even really in a meditative state at the moment like it was almost immediately as I closed my eyes to kind of begin sinking into this message um, the four of pentacles just came right right in like the, the image of the four of pentacles just flew into my mind and I was like huh that's weird you know because because like you know on on the topic of our conversation tolerating abundance and tolerating sort of a new level of healing or um, a new level of getting comfortable with ourselves you know wouldn't like wouldn't like the empress make more sense or like the queen of wands or you know like or the star like wouldn't wouldn't those cards make more sense to speak to what I'm talking to speaking about right um, but when I was thinking about it, the Four of Pentacles, sure, there's certainly a, a, a road we could go down with the Four of Pentacles that's about, you know, the hoarding of resources and we could sometimes even call it like the capitalism card and, you know, sometimes I think the Four of Pentacles invites us to kind of... Um, you know, give back or not be so um, energetically tight with what we have. And, um, you know, you guys get me, like the Four of Pentacles does have that road we could go down. However, in the message that I was feeling with spirit, 
kind of giving me the, the image of the Four of Pentacles. They were bringing me to a much, like, higher frequency of the Four of Pentacles. Um, a much more, like, soul, I guess a soul-focused Four of Pentacles. And what they were showing me was that the Four of Pentacles, if we look at it in, like, a, a really kind of optimistic way... You know what that dude is doing with his with his coins and like holding his um, coins really close to his body. If you look at a you know Rider Waite Smith for Pentacles, um, it's almost like he's creating safety so that the next step can be received. Right? It's almost like all right. You want all of this stuff, you want to be more confident, or you want to heal your people-pleasing stuff, or, um, you know, you want to increase your capacity to receive love, or you want to release your fear of of love and abundance, or whatever it is. Um, all right, maybe we all want that on some level. Like, I, I think I want that on some level. Personally, um, sometimes the Four of Pentacles says, all right, how are you building safety so that you can have that space and so that you can give yourself a chance to actually do the shit you want to do, right? Um, and I also think about how, um, you know, in creating safety for ourselves to heal, it might be physical safety, you know, like we might want to like, you know, build a little altar or make a little cozy corner of our room. And I think there's something about physical safety and creating physical safety. If, if we could do that, that really helps. Um, but on some level too, we're almost creating safety for like our inner child almost. Like creating safety so they feel safe, so we can run the show right? We as adults, as our adult selves can, can run the show as well. So in the sense of Four of Pentacles being kind of the underbelly tarot card of this whole message, I want us also, I would invite us also this month to think about the ways we create safety for ourselves and when we feel safe, um, I speak from personal experience, when we feel safe in our physical space or with a, another person or just with ourselves in some way or just within our own bodies, when we can create the environment to feel safe in our own vessel, obviously healing and receiving abundance and tolerating abundance it is a lot easier, right? And, you know, it's extremely, I think it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to genuinely, you know, I don't know, like genuinely heal when there's something about our vessel that feels unsafe, right? Um, so take this message as you will, my friends. I, I recognize that Every person listening will kind of hear something a little bit different <laughs> and get, get a little bit something different out of uh, what I'm saying. And um, I hope 
this message served you in in some way and I hope that you have a wonderful Venus in Pisces transit and feel free to let me know how this kind of evolves for you during the month of March and I'm going to take a quick break and then up next we'll get into the March Q&A. All right, friends, we are back with the March Q&A. And as always, if you have any uh, future questions to submit for next month's Q&A, feel free to email me your question. I would love to hear from you. Or you can also send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. All of my socials and how to contact me via email is in the show notes. Okay, we got some juicy questions today. Let's start with this astrology question. So um, there's someone who asked me, I have been wondering if you could recommend where beginners should start if they want to look at their own chart. I've not listened to your entire back catalog of episodes, so my apologies if you've already answered this in the past. You know, I probably have, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, You know, when it comes to actually looking at your own chart, I know there are like many apps, like uh, probably the most well-known is CoStar. I don't know. I've never had CoStar. Most astrologers dislike CoStar, um, but I guess that's kind of a way that people get to know their chart and their chart placements. There's also like the famous Cafe Astrology, (laughs) which um, was definitely like my first like online exploring exploratory website that I used way back when with my chart too and if you go to cafe astrology you can like plug in your birth information and uh they'll kind of compute some like very general explanations of your chart placements right um so there's again there's like a ton of apps and ton of websites really the problem I think with both Cafe Astrology and apps like CoStar. I mean, there's probably more problems than what I'm saying right now, Um, but really like a technical issue that a lot of astrologers have with those types of websites or apps is that they show you kind of um, like almost like a grid version of your chart and you're not actually seeing the like circular natal chart so you're almost seeing like a list of your placements which is you know helpful I think for the beginner but as an astrologer when people are like oh look at my chart what does it mean and they give me like a screenshot of their co-star little grid list thing I don't know I'm like all right I have no idea what to do with this because I can't see the full picture of the circular chart, if you will. That being said, this is kind of why my favorite free website for looking up your chart is actually astrocharts.com. It's 
astro hyphen charts not sponsored but if you want to sponsor me uh, <laughs> let me know uh, but yeah astro hyphen charts I, I really like that website because you'll see the circular picture of your natal chart but then if you scroll down they also will kind of list out all of your aspects and where your planets are placed in what house uh, so I find that website to be particular help particularly helpful if you've been wanting to look more into your chart. Uh, there's a book by Chani Nicholas called You Were Born for This, and I actually haven't read it, but it's been highly recommended to me as a really good place for beginners to start. And I also have a kind of like a mini course on my website. It's pretty cheap. It's like, what, like 30, 35 bucks. And it's just called Intro to the Natal Chart. And um, you can do it in like an afternoon. It's like a two-hour two, two hour course. And it really just walks you through all of the different components of the natal chart like it's mostly planet focused and we kind of talk about in that course like what does each planet mean and what do the houses mean uh it's a little bit less zodiac sign focused but I think it gives a nice overview so you don't feel so confused when looking at your own natal chart and that's really the whole purpose of that mini course that I created a couple months ago it was like to help people get a grasp on what they're actually looking at when they are looking at that circular chart if if you will um so I hope some of those tips helped um there's also this book that was my first astrology book that I got when I was like 12 and it's it's the um the only astrology book you'll ever need <laughs> and although you know obviously you know it's not the only astrology book you'll ever need um for some reason I still kind of like that book as a starting place I don't agree with everything in that book anymore like there's a big part about cusps and you know cusps aren't a part of my practice like I don't really um like if you're like oh I'm a Taurus on the Aries cusp for me that's not it's not um accurate uh but so that's the one part of the book I'll say like eh, I don't know how accurate that is and it's it's also from very much a modern perspective so that book is kind of um covering like the modern rulerships like it says like Pisces ruled by Neptune and Uranus is ruled by or Aquarius is ruled by Uranus and all that kind of stuff so you know it's not it's not a perfect book but I I just kind of I don't know there's there's some nostalgia with that book for me I guess the only astrology book you'll ever need but I'd probably check out Chani's book you were born for this over um over the you the only astrology book you'll ever need because even though I haven't read it like Chani Nicholas is just like a genius and she's she's amazing so uh check that out and this person also asked what if my parents and my birth certificate cannot tell me the exact time of my birth in my case, my parents remember both daytime and evening. My dad has thrown out 6 p.m. Would you recommend going with that time or will there be 
just some things that are unknowable for me without knowing the exact time of my birth? This is a really excellent question that I get a lot. And to be honest, um, birth time, I think it is a privilege to know your birth time, right? Like there are many, there are many circumstances where people won't know the exact time of their birth. So I'll just put that out there. At the same time, if we want to get the most accurate reading of your chart, we we will need, you know, close to exact birth time as we can get and I've had um and here's why you know everybody knows their birthday for the most part right and um you know the sun won't change and you know the other planets won't change unless for some reason you were born on a day where a planet was ingressing into another sign but for the most part If you just have your birthday, what an astrologer can get from just the birthday, no time, is determining your sun sign, your Mercury, your Venus, your Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Okay, so we can can get that information just from a single birthday. What an astrologer cannot be sure about when there is no birth time is the rising sign and the moon sign and this is kind of a shame because when we especially when we don't know the rising sign um, this affects everything Um, because the rising sign is is what ends up setting up your whole chart Um, and you know those 12 slices of pie if you're looking if you're looking at your natal chart and you see those 12 slices of pie you know, those are your 12 houses or, or your 12 areas of life. And your the time you were born, the ascendant or the rising sign, metaphorically represents literally the moment you came out of your mother's womb. So it's like, you know, that time is really important because it sets up the whole chart. If we don't know what time you were born, we don't know what houses you how your houses are set up and thus we don't know where your planets are in in certain houses and that can be really difficult we might be able to find out your moon sign if you were born on a day when the moon was not changing signs but again if it's a day where the moon was changing signs because the moon changes signs every about every two to two and a half days then we're a little iffy we don't know your moon sign and going back to the rising sign situation Um, It really does come down, you know, the rising sign changes really quickly and the, uh, you know, it changes about every two hours and the degree of the rising sign also matters too. So again, you know, not to confuse you, but there's a lot of technical things that, that go along with the, with having your birth time. And I'll give you an example. It's funny because just last week, two weeks ago, I did have someone, I had a astrology client, and I noticed on their order form, the birth time they gave me was like 1130 or something like that. And whenever someone gives me a rounded birth time, like 6 p.m., noon, 1130, 8 o'clock, you know, I, as the astrologer, I start to um, 
get like I start to be like Nancy Drew in a way and I'm like okay this this seems like a rounded birth time that might be a problem so when I calculate or when um I plugged in her stuff to my astrology software and I used her birth time as 1130 like she had said um the chart the rising sign ended up being I I honestly forget. Let's just say, I remember it was at the 27th degree. So it was like 27 degrees Aries or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's a problem because um, we're only minutes away from this chart switching to a Taurus rising. And um, that's a big difference. So, you know, I emailed her and I was like, hey, you know, is this a rounded birth time? Do you have, do you have a more accurate birth time on your, on your birth certificate? And she emailed me back and she was like, oh my God, yes, it's actually 1153 or something like that. And again, there was only maybe a 23 minute difference between the original rounded birth time she gave me and the actual time on her birth certificate. But then it made a difference because she ended up actually being a Taurus rising and that sets up a lot of different situations. Okay, so I hope that didn't confuse you, but long story short, yes, birth time is important mainly for the rising sign, but also for the moon sign as well. And my advice to people who are in this person's situation, I don't know my birth time, my parents are a little iffy on it, you know, um, one thing I've heard you can do, and I have had a client do this, so I know I know there has been some success rate with this, is you can call um, the hospital you were born at. Um, you know, I actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, like, I don't know if it's like the records department or <laughs> like, um, you know, you can kind of look into how to actually call the hospital like this isn't this isn't like 911 what's your emergency hi like I need my birth time <laughs> like it's you know you're gonna have to call like some department at the hospital you were born at but I've had someone have luck in doing that and receiving um a more accurate birth time from the hospital's records um if that is not available to you there's another thing we can do. And um, if you're really, really set in stone and wanting to know the whole shebang of your birth chart and you want to get a natal chart reading, but you don't know the time and, you know, uh, you can actually get a type of appointment called a chart remediation reading. And I don't personally do this at this moment. I mean, maybe one day I will. Um, but what a chart remediation appointment is, is, um, you know, you can go to an astrologer and they will kind of interview you in a way about your life. And they'll kind of, um, they'll ask you certain questions about certain time periods. And from there, they can maybe make like, a pretty good educated guess of what time you were born at according to how you answer certain questions and from my understanding it would be like all right you know maybe you would go over like a really significant time in your life like let's say you were you know going through a divorce or something during this year so we might look at your chart and see like okay well 
if there was a divorce, maybe something was going on in the in the first house or the seventh house, and then maybe we can use that to, you know, it's like it's like you're following the breadcrumbs. That's what I understand about remediation appointments. So I do know of one or at least one. I might know two astrologers who who do these types of appointments so if you ever need a recommendation just let me know and I can I can try to recommend some someone to you Um, but anyways that was a very long and probably too complicated answer to your question but I hope that helped someone Um, so someone also said this is a little bit more of a a general question, but someone said, can you speak to how the pandemic is creating some internal questioning about our existence and how we socialize? Um, so this is, this is like a really deep question. I will say, I think that what the pandemic has really highlighted, um, you know, there's like two sides of the coin. I think it's highlighted just how important community is to the human species and just how important it is that we can somehow, you know, coexist together in a semi-peaceful, understanding, um, you know, compromising kind of way. I think that's become apparent and what the pandemic has brought up, you know, obviously, I don't, I don't need to tell you this, you know, you're a human who's alive and observing um, everything that's going on. But I think, in particular, the pandemic has brought up, I think, just how much divide, you know, there is and pretty much always has been between members of the human race and we're always going to have different opinions about how to deal with this or that problem but something like a pandemic we're fighting against um like a literal uh uh disease you know and and this this disease doesn't really care that the democrats and the republicans aren't getting along right and I think that's what's kind of come up for me it's like you know every single day it's devastating because you're seeing so much divide and it feels like no one can just choose humanity like everybody who's leading us is simply choosing their own political agenda you know and I don't know that's just my opinion and that's kind of why I'm a depressed millennial or a depressed zillennial. It's like we we grew up kind of seeing this our whole lives. And um, as far as how it's um, creating internal questioning on an individual level, well, we've also seen, if we want to talk tarot for a second, I think we've seen how uncomfortable as a society we are with certain energies like um, the high priestess or the empress or the queen of cups or something along those lines, even like a four of swords or a two of swords. We've seen how uncomfortable we are as a society with going internal, right? And for those of you um, who did embrace the pandemic as a moment for um, 
acknowledging internal pain and um, acknowledging just the like unspeakable grief that our society is going through and have embraced this time as just a time to you know go inwards and be alone with yourself and and face certain things that you've been wanting to work on and whatever I've seen people who have that perspective I've seen them just grow exponentially and I don't think we're entirely recognizing just how much we've grown in this year with this sort of year of internal reflection and I think it proves that um, just how much distraction is set up in our external world there's just so much distraction about you know you got to do this and you have to do that and you have to be on this track and this is expected from you and you're obligated to do this and all of that shit what all that shit is is just like a distraction of who we truly are internally so I think a lot of people have been feeling a little bit more connected to who they truly are Um, but that can also kind of almost create some existential crisis vibes as well (laughs) like you know and this has been many of my readings uh, this year it doesn't have to be it 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 was in tarot in astrology and even in reiki um it seemed like the overarching theme of everybody coming to have this reading these readings with me was you know this this moment has triggered something within me and now I'm kind of going through like this existential crisis and um uh how do I navigate this right honestly though here's the thing if you have gone through an existential crisis and you have um you know done a profound amount of uh internal work this year um you know you should you should feel proud about that you know you should feel some sense of pride and like just even take a deep breath right now and like acknowledge like how how much I don't know just like how much you've actually faced this year on the other hand we also see what happens we also see everywhere we look this great amount of fear I think of doing the internal questioning work and there's been other people who have just not done this at all and I think truly on a subconscious level um you know not to be like just psychoanalyzing random people that I don't know you know I don't think that's um appropriate but you know just on a subconscious level what I'm what I'm kind of thinking about with the people who just really denied and projected and um and just uh like yeah I guess it really is denial and bypassed the people who've really just bypassed this the what half a million people who have died um from COVID subconsciously they are deeply terrified of themselves right like subconsciously there is something very very deeply embedded that they are running from and um, it might not even be about it it could be about this lifetime but it's it's probably even deeper than that it's probably like a a deeper karmic lesson and and that's terrifying it's terrifying because like I think the divide of awareness is um 
is really big too. Like, I, I don't know. And like, you know, you can be aware of something and you can be as aware as you possibly can be in this moment about your, your own shit and be doing your own work. And yet there's still going to be, you know, your next door neighbor who whatever has the confederate flag in their driveway or whatever and it's just uh, you know it, it just um I, I can't even put words to it uh, that's really I think what a lot of us are are going through in a way um so that's that's my take on on really what what this pandemic has kind of led us through in this in this journey of internal questioning but also um there's been on the other hand, there's been a great, great amount of avoidance and, and projection and, uh, you know, um, so, so I hope, I hope that, um, that answers, I hope I spoke to something that resonates, I guess. Um, so someone asked also how to distinguish between what comes to you from spirit versus your own individual ideas okay that's such a cool question i love that you asked this Um, how to distinguish between what comes to you from spirit versus your own ideas here's the thing i think um this question reminds me of the ace of swords and um what i think about with the ace of swords is that our ideas are god um, our, yeah, if we have a, a, a spark of, um, a spark of joy or a spark of an idea or a spark of creativity, that, in my opinion, is God or the universe working its way through us. And, oh gosh, there's a, there's like a, a German word, um, Gosh, I'm like I'm googling it. I will cut this out if um Ooh, okay, I'm not I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to say this right. And I'm pretty sure I do have a German speaker, if not two or three listening to this, so you you'll all you all will laugh at me. Um but you this there's this word in German. It's like Gotterfuken or Gotterfuken. I I don't know how to exactly say it. But the the way this word translates is um spark of divinity or spark of god and uh, that's kind of how i think of the the ace of swords it's like your goth gother gother fuken like your um th- whatever your ideas that are coming through to you uh, they are god because you are god and you are divine and you know you have a direct channel always to to the the other side no matter if you know it or not and you know i i don't have any stronger of a phone number to god than you do (laughs) you know everybody has the same cell reception to god it's just about who chooses to use it and who is blocking it you know um so to answer your question a little bit more i think if you wake up and I'm pretty sure an artist, you're an art, yeah, if I'm remembering correctly who asked this question, you are an artist, and, you know, if you wake up one morning, and you just have this random idea of, huh, like, I should paint that, or I should create that, or 
um, this is my idea or you're driving in the car, you're in the shower and it's just like, bam, like I have this idea. It's your idea, but it's also, it's also given to you from God and, and the divine. So when you ask this question, you know, what's the difference between when something comes from spirit and what comes from you? I think it's, it's almost like you both share it. That's how I, that's how I view it. Um, and even with this podcast, I guess, like as one of my creations, sure, I'm speaking and I'm saying shit, but also it's half, sure, maybe half of it is mine, but half of it is spirit. And I'm just kind of melding it together, if that makes sense. Cause we are, we are spirit. Now here's the thing though. If like, let's say, I don't know, a really mundane example, like you're rearranging furniture or something and, and you're like, you tell your partner, Hey, can we, can we move this chair to the right? (laughs) You know, I think it'd look better. You know, I think that kind of idea maybe is not necessarily the word of God or like, that's not necessarily (laughs) like a spark of the divine. Like, Hey, can we move this chair to the left or, or whatever? But anything that's creative or um like a new idea or even a, a, an impetus like I should go to Italy or I need to go teach English in Malaysia or uh, I need to take this class with this specific teacher or you know like anything that just kind of feels like it just lands in your head I think that is is God and I think we should trust that in some way. And that's also something that Julia Cameron talks about in The Artist's Way. I can't specifically remember how she puts it or how she arranges the words. But she, she talks about how, you know, our ideas um, that God God wants us to create. And when we do create things, we are actually saying thank you to God. Like when we get an idea... And it's like, oh, I should paint this beautiful painting of this butterfly and this these roses or whatever. And we actually paint that painting and bring it into the material world. It's this way of saying, thank you, God, for that idea. Okay, so um, that's kind of my, my take, how to distinguish between what comes to you from spirit versus your own ideas. I think it's kind of the same thing. Someone... You know, going back to this kind of pandemic situation, um, this these pandemic questions, it's interesting, a lot of you who are having pandemic questions. Someone said, I'm thinking a lot about how my current job and career is such a pillar of the physical structural world and how it clashes so much with my empathetic spiritual side. It is draining, more so by covid when a lot of people are beyond fatigued to a point they are acting like covid has not been going on long has been going on long enough and we need to be as productive as we were before do you have any thoughts on this totally i mean because you know going back to what i said previously you know a lot of people are are in denial and a lot of people don't know how to handle um, you know, this, this call to go more internal and this call to 
become more aware and this call to truly like care about someone else besides themselves right so you know when when we have the majority of our government being run by that person right (laughs) um it's difficult um and I think that this kind of call like you said like we need to be as productive as we were before um it feels to me just like ongoing bypassing and just this ongoing collective uh this ongoing collective denial and and I I I think it must be just devastatingly exhausting, you know, and I, and I really validate your exhaustion because, um, and partially I'll kind of just say, I mean, you know, but I don't, I'm not in this situation, so I can really empathize, but I I don't feel like I can completely understand because right now I, I work for myself and, I mean, my boss is kind of an asshole because my boss is me (laughs) and I can be an asshole to myself. But uh, at the same time, like I can I I in no way am in the position where I'm still answering to to someone in like a corporate environment or uh, like a nine to five environment. And yeah, it, it just it must be so it must be devastatingly exhausting to enter into an environment all the time where like the current reality of what's happening is just being bypassed you know on the daily so no wonder you're exhausted exhausted so I I completely validate your exhaustion and honestly your exhaustion feels like it makes it makes sense um that's that's the first thing I'll say and I think something we're going through right now, and this kind of goes along with maybe a generational divide, especially if you're from America, I think right now we're kind of being faced with, you know, the destruction of quote unquote hard work. And, you know, I'm wondering why are we so fucking attached to this concept of hard work? Like, if you try to challenge, sometimes I feel like when I challenge people on this, um, it's like a little kid and you're trying to take their teddy bear. Like, they're like, no, I need my hard work. Like, (laughs) but then, um, sorry, not to offend anybody. But just this concept of like pick yourself up by the bootstraps and and work hard and and don't take a break and just, you know, continue to bypass the current reality that half a million people have died in our country um, because of, because of our like shitty government. It, you know, it, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's hard for me to defend it. And I'm really wondering, too, what people really mean when they say like hard work and and how we've all maybe identified as quote-unquote being a hard worker is um, something that gives you some kind of false sense of value or self-worth right Um, and I'm not saying I'm exempt like you know there's parts of me that I find myself during the day and I'm like I'm like I gotta work hard and you know I got my own business and all this stuff and I'm like wow like I'm really I'm really defining myself by my productivity at, at in this moment right 
Um, so I think there's just like this collective reckoning with what do we fucking really mean when we say hard work? We value hard work. Um, what does that mean? And why do we value that over a peaceful, equal society where, um, like, honestly, like, if there was a society where you didn't have to work hard, like, and you could, and things were a little bit easier for you, you're telling me you wouldn't want that? Like, you would actually choose this, this life where, where, you know, you have to, like, you know, energetically break your back every day to survive? Like, you're gonna choose that over, <laughs> over, um, you know, a shift in our collective where, we could potentially have something, you know, more peaceful where things are more easily flowing, where people aren't suffering as much, um, you know, where there's this less of a pressure to be this like hardworking machine. Like, why are you picking this? Right. And granted, the person I, I want to make it clear, I'm not I'm not yelling at this person <laughs> who asked this question at all. I'm 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 more yelling at um, <laughs> I'm more expressing my anger of of some things that I, I feel in general um, with the generational divide. But maybe to maybe to address this person on a more individual level um i don't it doesn't feel like your question is asking for for my opinion on your job or your unhappiness at work during a pandemic so i'm being mindful of that like i i want to be clear that i'm not trying to tell you what to do or how to live your life and i also really empathize and understand that right now we are in a reality where many 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 the vast majority of people need to do what they need to do to get by and survive and sometimes um you know quitting a job or or shifting career a career path just isn't isn't a privilege that a lot of people have right so I want to acknowledge that but I will say um you know just in general what I've seen sometimes from people who are in this sort of nine to five job where they feel like um their soul is being sucked out there's that level of, of unhappiness and then there's also maybe another type of person who is in the nine to five but but you know maybe it's not this like uphill battle of suffering because for whatever reason maybe they don't hate what they're doing and maybe it's um you know, it's something that they can manage and maybe their coworkers are are nice to work with and maybe the money from their nine to five gives them the resources to do other things outside of work, like, you know, taking a yoga teacher training or or participating in like a really cool class they want to take or maybe they take a dance class or an art class or maybe they just have a lot of fulfilling things outside of the nine to five so that you know their nine to five although they don't like they're not overjoyed with it and they aren't like completely in love with it it just works and maybe this person type of person too is kind of accepted to that like maybe I'm not going to find my passion at work and maybe I'm going to use my job and the money I get from my job to feed my passions 
in in a, in another area if that makes sense i think that's totally valid right i don't think everybody not everybody needs to you know find this like huge amount of passion and love at work right and i don't think there's a problem with that um however on the other hand of the spe- on the other hand of on the other end of the spectrum again yeah if we're if we're in like the 9 to 5 position and we're you know like you described we're completely exhausted and it feels like spiritually drained too and maybe this job is so exhausting that it doesn't leave us much energy to find joy or, or passion elsewhere and maybe the 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 negatives are are kind of outweighing the positives i i don't think we're we're here on this earth to live like that you know i i don't think i don't think we're here on this earth to to just hate like every moment of our existence right um so that being said if you are in this position, again, I know you didn't really ask my opinion, but maybe it's about giving yourself permission to just say, you know, this is out of alignment and I might be entering a space where a new path, you know, where I might be entering a space where a new path might be possible, right? Like maybe it's about kind of inviting in you know, a a new path that could potentially be there. Because I think sometimes too, when we get caught in like the, the grind and the, oh, the nine to five, and I hate this and I have to do this. I, you're in that frequency of like a capital H, I have to do this. Um, That sometimes blocks off other possibilities. And yeah, that's not, that's all I would say. I would give this person permission if they really feel spiritually, energetically, and mentally drained from their current work situation mixed in with the pandemic as well. Um, I would say, you know, maybe maybe there's permission there to to give yourself permission to feel the way that you do. And if you feel if you feel this, if it feels enter, if it feels intuitively aligned, maybe there is some space to say, you know, oh, this is this is out of energetic alignment. You know, my body is telling me that this is out of energetic alignment. Maybe it's time to slowly open my energy up now to a potentially different path that maybe has less suffering and more joy for me. And maybe it's about believing too that that can be possible. Okay. So I hope that helps someone <laughs> out there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's that's all I have for you, my friends, today. Um, my March books are semi-open. My tarot class, as you know, is starting in March. We are officially full and aro- enrollment is closed. So thank you so, so, so deeply, deeply from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for filling up my class. Um, you know, it just, it just means more than I can say in this moment. So thank you. Um, Class is full. And because of tarot class, 
I, I kind of limit my schedule just a little bit so I don't get burned out on um, both teaching this class and seeing clients. So uh, being mindful that my March schedule for seeing clients, so astrology, tarot, Reiki, is maybe a little bit limited, but you can definitely still get in. might just be a better idea to book a little bit earlier than you normally would, um, but I would love to work with you if you feel aligned. The link to that is in my show notes and what else can we talk about i think that's it i hope you enjoyed the first episode of witch church uh let yeah again let me know how you like the change i'm really into it and i hope you all are too and i think that's about it my friends wishing you a ton of tolerance for abundance this March and I'll see you in the next episode which will hopefully be an interview. Okay, bye!